1: Fight, you know, go, go. what is going on bit sports fam it's your favorite history teacher mr parker ainsworth here with another edition of fn sports the podcast where teachers grade sports biggest issues And for today's episode, I'm actually going to play a recording of an interview we had last night with Billy Up's own Chris Brown. Now, Chris is a behind-the-scenes editor. He's a guy you can find doing a lot of different editing work across BillyUpSports.com. So you've probably read his edited work without even realizing it. But he's also an avid golf fan, takes a break from editing every now and then to be sure and write about golf. And he has been on top of this live golf story for a while. No, I find out it does not live like the nightclub in Miami. Live golf, however, is a pirate ship of sorts with golf. You don't need this from me. We have substitute teacher Chris Brown on to talk to us about the live golf. So without further ado, let's get to it. And we are joined by Belly Up's own Chris Brown. Chris, how are we doing this evening?
0: Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on, Parker.
1: Uh, so Chris Brown is a golf writer with Billy Sports. He's also a big-time editor on the site. He's uh, involved a lot behind the scenes with the different stuff you're reading through BillySports.com. Chris, uh, I want to have you on for a couple of reasons regarding golf and what, what's been going on with golf. But I got to ask, you know, we're both in Texas. It's early June. Are you out golfing? It was it was like 98 degrees today in Dallas. <laughs>
0: Whatever it is in Dallas, it's that much hotter in Houston, but yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I, if I could golf more, I would, I mean, I try to get out, uh, every five to six weeks if I can, you know, I've got four kids from ages six and a half to four months. So, um, it's, uh, it's, it can be difficult, although I'm trying to introduce them to you. So maybe they can, you know, ride along and play nine holes or whatever, but I've been playing golf since, uh, probably, high school age for sure. not very well. mind you, I'm pretty terrible at it. but um, I enjoy the heck out of it. Um, been doing it for for years now. So I'm an avid player as much as I am an avid watcher and follower of what's going on in the golf world.
1: Well, it would not take the six and a half year old much time to catch up and pass my golf game. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess you can't ever start too early. I, you got to have a little like little type set with a little putter. Or like a... Oh, I've
0: got even better. Than, I mean, they, I have two legitimate sets, my six and a half year old daughter and my five year old daughter each have a legitimate set. I got them a couple of years ago. They're identical, but um, it's like a three-wood, a seven-iron, and a putter. And <laughs> I, they've they've gone with me to the driving range a couple of times. We bring out the putters on Saturday afternoons in the playroom or in the den and just putt balls across the rugs. So I'm doing my best.
1: The the, the big golf story, although it's, it's fun to follow little kids playing golf, like you've been following and writing about this giant golf story. And I said we're recording on a Thursday night because – Things could add on to the story by the time the listeners hearing this on Friday morning, Friday afternoon on throughout the weekend. It seems to be ever evolving, but this giant live golf tournament league, etc. happening with a handful of very recognizable names and now it's kind of like clashing with the PGA Tour, I, I think I referenced it in talking to the prepod as a pirate ship of sorts. Like it's like kind of just out there doing its own thing against the current and against the rules. Can you start us like, you mentioned in Pre-Pod, pre-production stuff, like last summer even, like this is starting. Where does this really originate from? Who decided to buck up against the PGA Tour in the first place?
0: The beginnings of this or the rumblings uh, about this Started about three years ago, 2019. Um, there was then it was kind of referred to as a premier golf league, but somebody had this idea to have a like kind of like you said, a contrasting tour, if you will, to certainly the. You know, American PGA Tour. There are also you know various other international tours. What is the the European Tour, which is now called the DP World Tour, the Asian Tour. There's you know there's pro tours going on all the time, but the PGA Tour being the biggest. And this kind of came about a couple three years ago as just an idea that was being floated around, and um, somebody brought it to the Saudis. Said hey would you be interested in investing in this fledgling, if you will, idea at the time, it was nothing more than an idea. Nobody knew kind of how they were going to do it. What was going to happen? Was it going to be like the, you know, like all the other tours, was it going to be something different? Um, so they came to the Saudis in 2020 and said, Hey, do you want to kind of, do you want to get in on this premier golf league thing? And the Saudis kind of said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, they were like, well, we're we're actually gonna kind of start our own, really. Like, <laughs> they uh, they were always going to be involved, clearly, because they've got endless gobs of money. But they, rather than just being an investor, they wanted to be. I think they just wanted to have as much control over what they're doing as possible. And this, as it is now called, the Live um, Live Golf Tour. Uh, in case what it, the live golf international series is like the is the full name or whatever um headed by live enterprises which actually started last year uh in about in 2021 and they hired greg norman the former uh, pga tour i think two-time major winner maybe um to be there the ceo and commissioner of this live golf enterprises and live golf international series and kind of once they got him on board he kind of um he's been very bullish to put it politely he's been very from from what i've read and some stuff that i've read he's actually been trying for years to come up with a competition you know a league to compete with the pga tour obviously he played on the pga tour back in the 80s and 90s and was a pretty decent golfer for the time but from what i've read he's apparently been trying to come up with something like this for a very long time and so i guess they came to him sometime last year maybe 2020 but the fish i think it was official november of 2021 maybe when he was named ceo and a commissioner, and was written a very large check mm-hmm. to do that, and so he's kind of he is the face, he is the mouth, he's basically everything. He Greg Norman is live golf right now, and so um he's kind of been front and center with it up until here recently. Obviously, with-
1: well, and can we talk a little about like so? Greg Norman is a name I think people that follow golf recognize, but maybe like why is he budding like what's going to make a golfer want to butt up against the PJ tour? Is it just money? It, you know, what's going on there?
0: So that depends on who you ask. If you ask Greg Norman, <laughs> if you ask Greg Norman, it's, he's probably going to say, it's not money. If you ask basically anybody else, it's money. Now there are differences to, if you want to go into like kind of the, you know, the nuance of they're, they're trying to make this a little bit different. Um, you know, at the surface level, All PGA Tour events, all Canadian PGA Tour events, all DP World Tour, all Asian Tour. Every professional golf tour around the world, um, men's and women's, well, with caveats, uh, because the Champions Tour, which used to be called the Senior PGA, is only three rounds. But all golf tournaments are four rounds, usually a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Everybody plays Thursday, Friday, that's invited or, you know, um, is going to take a part and you play to a cut line you know you might start with depending on the tournament 120 something names but certain certain tournaments have different rules for cut lines top 70 and ties top this top that anyway you play Thursday and Friday to try to make the cut you got to grind sometimes you know not everybody can be Tiger Woods you got to grind you got to grind and hope that you make the cut and hope that you get a check and then you can play on Saturday and Sunday and you might you know you might do well, you might move up the leaderboard, or you might stick around the bottom and be happy with your $8,000 check. Now, Live Golf, um, format wise, they're trying to sort of reinvent golf, or if not reinvent, make it kind of almost make it appealing to those who would say that sitting and watching a tournament on CBS on the weekends <laughs> is boring because, you know. In a regular golf tour or regular um, golf tournament, everybody tees off on the same hole. One, usually one, but sometimes Thursday, Friday they do some tee off on one, some tee off on nine, and then you switch and whatnot. Um, what's different about this is that it's still eighteen holes. It's they're doing what's called a shotgun start, which you know people who have played charity tournaments are familiar with. That basically there's somebody on every tee teeing off at the same time and you all finish at the same time. So it's not an eight hour slog. It's a four and a half hour round and boom, you're done. So it's quick. It's only three rounds. So there's less commitment, if you will. Um, there's money for everybody because the field is only 48 at each of each of these events. They're limiting it to 48. Although apparently there's tons of interest, but li- <laughs> they limit each one to 48 players and we can touch on that in a little bit. But um they limit the field. Uh, everybody makes money. Like, like literally, um, I screenshot it earlier on my phone cause I didn't want to forget it. The last place finisher this weekend will get 120 grand. <laughs> That's literally 12 times what they might get finishing last place at the RBC Canadian open, which is taking place this weekend as well.
1: Like, well and that's and that they have to make the cut to make that at the the canadian exactly, right like, like exactly you, you have to actually exactly. do well you
0: have to grind <laughs> that's the thing is you have to grind it is literally you know the the term grind is used so much these days but it is literally sometimes a grind just to be able to make that check which might you might profit a little bit after you pay your caddy you pay your lodging you pay your you know you've got all those other things so with live golf you finish last you're guaranteed six figures just for playing essentially just for finishing last in that tournament that doesn't even touch on the fact that ever, basically everybody who's there, although we haven't heard about, we've only heard about the big names, but basically everyone who's there got essentially what is a signing bonus, you know, in NFL in the NFL, in, you know, in baseball or what, mostly NFL, but, you know, we get, we have signing bonuses, which are big chunks of change. And that's what live golf has done. They've gotten big fish to commit and small fish by, giving them money before they even show up. Basically it's signed on the dotted line. You're guaranteed to get this much, never mind how much you make in however many of these eight tournaments that you may play in. So the format's different. Um, it's plays a little quicker that way. So the, the action is nonstop. And like I said, I was kind of tuning in on, they, they did, um, they streamed it live on YouTube and Facebook. That's how they got it out. And again, because it's being backed by what is basically a bottomless wallet they're not even you know you don't have commercial breaks you don't have all of that stuff in their broadcast you're just seeing golf 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 for five hours straight which as a golf fan i you know i love that aspect of it yeah but but it's it's not spectacular golf all the time, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Like, okay. It, we're a day in, that's fair. <laughs> it's um it, it's you know you've got you've got it's top heavy at the moment. And um which I kind of think is how you know how it's gonna be kind of how it's designed to be. But um it's just different. And they you know and like the even the screen that they show you know on their stream um, they've got a live leaderboard going on the side, not like, you know, on the P, you know, PGA broadcast, you've got something at the bottom corner and you've got the top few going or whatever. They have this active thing going down the left side where depending on who they show, they kind of scroll up to that person and then they scroll down and it's kind of weird. And I, um, I actually saw somebody on Twitter describe it as being kind of F1 style. I've never watched F1 racing, but they, I guess they kind of have a, an active, tracker of you know who's where in the race and whatnot and i guess you know uh, racing over here indy 500 those kinds of things have that too but it's kind of an active leaderboard it's interact not interactive really but you know it's there's constant constantly showing different numbers and so it's it's kind of different um and then another big i failed to mention another big um difference between this and pga tour events is there's a team aspect to this at each tournament they'll and they'll treat each one completely separately as far as i know um they have 48 participants so they have 12 teams so they pick 12 team captains who draft their team or pick their team you know like sandlot baseball style or whatever <laughs> fun t- and yeah. and so you have not only are you competing as an individual for 3 days you're competing as a team with your three teammates for 3 days and even then i was they described it in the broadcast today the first two days only the top two scores on each team count towards the like count towards your Hmm. aggregate um, score and then I think on the last day maybe everyone's counts but for the first day today um, only the top two on any given team actually counted and it'll be the same way tomorrow so that's a whole different uh, wrinkle which also has additional prize money attached to it there's prize money for how you finish as an individual and then the top three teams that e- in at each of these tournaments get additional have an additional prize pool so the money is stupid Let's <laughs> if we're being honest it's it, it's it's really stupid but you know um,
1: all right so chris talk me through this because it feels like for the golfer there is endless money and the minimum money is more than you'd ever if you're a minimum golfer, the more than you'd ever plan on making at a normal tournament. As a golf fan, it sounds like, you know, for lack of a better phrase, like golf heroin, like you're getting a whole tournament in four hours <laughs> and it's, it's jam-packed in the three days. And, uh, you know, for uh, the casual observer, they've got some names. Uh, what are uh, the, the flaws here are that it's not the PGA Tour. It's not going to be the PGA Tour courses or uh, like what, what are the big drawbacks here?
0: No, uh, it's not, certainly not the courses. The, the today's was, or this weekend's is at Centurion Club in London, which is, you know, they DJ, they, they have a, a young lady who's I think she's a former tour pro on the women's Asian tour or something like that. And she's done some on, on course commentating on one of those tours, but she um, before I, before they finished up when DJ was off, um she got him and asked him a couple questions and they you know he even said that you know the course plays tough these are really pga style i mean for lack of a better term pga style courses these aren't um you know these aren't the munis that i like playing these are <laughs> you know legitimate you know type fairways you know this is over in the uk so this one isn't really like a so-called link style course but there's definite you know there's hazards there's ob there's um, tall grass that you got to chop you know hack your way out of I saw one hole Phil you know DJ hit it right out of bounds so he had to re-tee and you know hit his provisional off off the tee so he was already lying three in the fairway Phil hit his left straight into this like you know knee high fescue and had to chop out just to get into the fairway and make it playable so it's the course is challenging there's no difference there and you know the courses they have lined up they've got Um, four of the eight tournaments are going to be played in the United States. One in Portland, uh, one at Trump national in New Jersey, one at the international in Boston, uh, one in Chicago, actually five. I misspoke five because the final tournament is at Trump national Doral in Miami. So (laughs) these are PGA quality courses. So that's the same. The quality of course, isn't, um, isn't different. The quality of competition is different, which is uh, to the casual golfer or golf fan might not be as fun to be, or might not be as exciting. To be honest, I mean, it gets you know packed into a four and a half, five hour time frame, which is nice, but you know when you're watching coverage on CBS of XYZ PGA Tour. Um, they're going to show you good and bad shots, but you're going to see the likes of, you know, every shot's going to be a Justin Thomas, a Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith, like the, the list of names, Colin Morikawa, like the list of names that you A, recognize, B, know the quality of their game, C, know that they've been there, done that, won majors, won tournaments, yada, yada. Whereas the live tour, is um, top heavy you know they've got I think I counted the biggest names that I could think of and we're talking eight yeah probably eight names eight really big names that the casual observer you're Dustin Johnson former world number one everybody knows who Dustin Johnson is Probably partially because six years ago he was busted with cocaine, but that's neither
1: here nor there. Um, <laughs> he's a big name in his own golfing, right? Too. <laughs> oh, he's a oh
0: he, he's a two time major winner, including yeah. the mass, including the COVID Masters in twenty twenty. So his skill level is unquestioned, unparalleled in some some cases. Phil Mickelson, who's basically been the mouthpiece for this live tour, uh, not who's you know other than Greg Norman, we all knew Phil was going to be there um Kevin Na is another competitor he's a five-time winner on tour but nothing you know not a major winner he's just kind of a mid-30s world golf ranking type of player good solid player that you expect to see on the PGA Tour um you got Lee Westwood also a former number one years ago you've got uh, Ian Poulter you've got Charles Swartzel who's a former major winner uh Lou former major winner so that's about eight names off the bat, which are basically great to elite level golfers. And then after that, it kind of falls off. You know, you've got middling PGA PGA Tour. You got Taylor Gooch, kind of some middling um, young names coming in there. You've got a bunch of guys from the Asian Tour. You've got some guys from the DP World tour uh one in particular richard bland he's a 50 year old something 50 year old golfer who's kind of been you know making his career on there just kind of doing his thing and he was one who leading up to this was at least about as brutally honest as any of them have been when questioned about their possible you know linked involvement in this thing he's like he basically said look you know i'm not going to be doing this for much longer and the opportunity to secure a financial future for myself is there. So yeah, if they kick me off, the if they kick me off the DP tour, then they kick me off. I just, you know, basically I got to do what's best for me. And <laughs> Dustin Johnson has said the same thing. Um, you know, there've been some of the similar things, but, you know, you're top heavy with eight people and then you're filling it with Asian tour members, DP tour members. There's an amateur or two. Uh, in fact, there's one I think there's one competitor who just lost to um, our University of Texas Longhorns uh, national champion University of Texas Longhorns men's golf team. Hook him. He was on the losing team, Arizona State, I believe. Um, but he has maintained his amateur status. I think he was going to be playing there. Good golfer, but the quality of golfer is just not the same. It's once you get past those top eight. And you know, another comment I saw on Twitter today from someone was. You know, what they do uh, in the coverage, they do this kind of a don't blink because you miss, you know, these shots you missed while we were focusing on this other person, kind of like, you know, PGA Tour broadcast does. They go and show a shot that the broadcast missed, except that the shots they're showing are like, that wasn't really that great of a shot. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oh, great. He hit it onto the center of the green with a difficult pin. Whoopty freaking do
1: Right. It's just, they just tell you what happened. It's not like a special,
0: you know, they're just solid. They're just solid golfers. All of them are solid golfers. It's just, they're not, um, they're not the visual draw that DJ is that Phil is that those top, top level talent guys are.
1: Well, so work with me here because this does sound relatively viable. And I, I guess I say that mostly like, there are positives here in a number of fashions. Do you think it is a possibility that whether it's this league or a third or fourth iteration of something like it, is something going to sp- sprout up like this and just out money and rival the PGA? Or is it, is this kind of feel more like a flash in the pan? The PGA will pay its guys better and then we'll move on.
0: Somewhere between the two. I think right now uh, is at least that's my personal opinion. The, you know, I kind of use the analogy with, and I've seen it too elsewhere. It's kind of a, it's almost like an NFL versus the USFL and XFL thing, except that the rival tour has way more money than the main, main draw. (laughs) Yeah. But the idea is that, you know, they, they don't, they don't act like they want to take away from the PGA tour. They want, you know, Greg Norman talks about just growing the game of golf and making things, you know, changing things up, giving guys options, wanting people, you know, wanting um, these golfers to view themselves as free agents. I mean, you know, you're a big basketball fan many years, how many years ago was it decades ago when the idea of free agency was first introduced where you are your own, you know, you are your own independent contractor who signs a contract, but you, you know, that contract's up. You want to reevaluate your options and live golf sees themselves. Greg Norman sees it as a way to give these guys more freedom and flexibility to control their own schedules, to have the options, have the option to play in this as opposed to a PGA tour event or, you know, the guys over, you know, in the Asian tour DP world tour whatever it's, they view it as an option, not as um, trying to take the place of or even, you know, push the PGA Tour out of the market because that ain't going to (laughs) happen. You know, it's the PGA Tour is not going to be displaced. Like I was telling, again, my younger brother and I've been talking about this a lot. None of the world top 10 golfers have yet committed to live golf, much less even acted like they were interested in it. DJ is by far the highest ranked top best golfer right now. And he's 15th in the world or something like that. And there's rumors of um, Bryson, although Bryson's kind of fallen down here in the last year or so because of injuries and whatnot. But, you know, it's never going to take the place of, I think people want it to be just another option. Um, It's not I don't think it's going to just be a one and done, kind of like you know the USFL was back in the day and the XF, the old version of the XFL, and all that stuff. Um, I questioned the um, long term, the longevity of it. Um, you know, there's details to be worked out. Like the broadcast was choppy at times because they talked about money too much. We'll quit talking about money if you were if you're gonna talk about money everybody's gonna to continue to think about where's this money coming from? And that's going to be the talking point. And that is the talking point. And that was put, you know, all the guys were put to, you know, they're put their, their feet to the fire at the press conference on Wednesday about the, you know, the money. Where's the money coming from? You're playing for the Saudis. Are you okay with this? You know, there was a journalist from the mirror in the UK who put it to Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter specifically. And said, you know what? And I mentioned this in my article last night. Is there, you know, is there nowhere that you would go play? Like, what if Putin, you know, hosted a tournament or hosted a league? Would you go there if the money was better than it than it is here? Like, putting out this hypothetical, which of course they're like, that's a hypothetical. I'm not going to answer that because (laughs) they're not. They don't want to say
1: yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they're not dumb. They're not dumb,
0: but at the same time my whole contention is just don't treat the rest of us like we're dumb. Don't treat the viewer like we're dumb. We know why you're doing this. You're doing this because the money is just asinine, stupid money. And honestly, like, you know, the, uh, the capitalist in me says, you know what you do, you go get your bag. Like I I (laughs) fault, I fault nobody. So long as you're, you're doing it within legal means, which, They're doing it legally. So what if the money is dirty money and wasn't exactly, you know, however it got to them. (laughs) However it got to them. Yeah. When it gets to their hand, they did something legally and they were, they didn't break any rules. So I go for it, but I, I question the longevity of it. Um, I just wonder if some of the novelty of it will wear off. Um, If not this year, the next year. Although in fact, I was reading before, uh, before this interview that, um, they're planning to expand to like 15 tournaments next year from eight this year, put more, they want to have more opportunities and because they limit the field, obviously that would mean more opportunities for more golfers and whatnot. So, um, I question the longevity of it just because I, you hate to mess with what's, you know, you don't, you don't want to screw up a good thing. No, one's going to screw up a good thing. That is the PGA tour. It's just one's been around for longer. And, and it's, you know, I just, I find it hard to believe even with the unlimited supply of money and in fact, increasing supply of money, because they've already said in 23 and 24, they're planning on pumping way more money, two, three, four times as much money as they've already put into it now. And so, the money is going to be there. The ability is going to be there. The tournament, the, the locations are going to be there. The places are going to be there. The people will want to play. I just questioned the I questioned the some of the gimmickiness and the longevity of it.
1: So you mentioned how this is growing and it's currently, I guess you said it's eight tournaments, I think five in the US uh, that finish at Trump's course in Miami. I have to say Miami and live to me means like a nightclub lifestyle, but that's not where live comes from here. What is it? What...
0: Well, well, it's, it's, it's not exactly where it comes from, but it's actually interesting that you say that. Um, but the live, the name live, um, it is actually uh, the Roman numerals. L I V are the Roman numerals for 54 L being 50 and IV being one, five minus one, four, so 54, which is significant because 54 is A, the number of holes that they play in a three, three round uh, tournament, 18 times three, 54. And then B, if one were to birdie every hole on the course and finish on a par 72 course, they would finish 18 under, which would be 54. So it's kind of a, a double, double meaning there that uh no it doesn't necessarily have the nightclub but it's interesting that you say that because um they made a point of saying um uh, on the broadcast by the i think it's right by the 18th green or at least right near the 18th green they have something called club 54 there because <laughs> they, they're kind of they're kind of wanting to foster this atmosphere of you know kind of almost like capture what you see at the um the, I forget what number hole it is, is at the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open, you know, the one that's got the 10,000 seats, the par three where they're cheering the guys, you know, they, they, everybody always wants it to be loud. You always want it to be quiet at a golf tournament, but there's always that one hole at the F- Waste Management Phoenix Open that everybody cheers and it's all, all cool. Greg Norman wants that kind of atmosphere. For the entire tournament i mean obviously they're quiet during shots and whatnot but um but your comment about live in miami it's not all that far off as it turns out that may not be the that may not be the meaning behind the name but it's there
1: it's There. <laughs> well and that's funny um not just because greg norman is this i'm envisioning again now he's got an eye patch in my head he's the pirate driving the ship around but the idea that he wants to make, i think it's hole 16 the pho- he wants to make all of them <laughs> this like loud cheering the whole time um yeah again they, it bucks they, tradition
0: yeah there's there is still i mean there is still you know etiquette to that that they take into account you know they're not screaming and yelling when they're hitting off the you know any given par four or par five but they they don't want it to be as stodgy and stuck up if you want to you know if you want to use the i don't really like using those for those phrases exactly but you know that's it, if you talk to a non-golf fan that's how they talk about it they're like it's just such a stuck up you know let's sit here and quietly watch grass grow kind of thing
1: well and i and i will say that it's interesting that like when i think of field goal kicks or free throws or penalty kicks in soccer like the entire thing is chaos but then the golf like shh, shh, they're back they're swinging <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, yep. uh, yep. yep. that is different i don't know if i'd use studgy but like like it, it is it is different anyway i, I like that Someone is pushing to make golf a little bit different. I I think it's being mentioned in capitalism. Like this would be, you know, people that listen to this know I'm a history teacher. So I can talk a little bit about this. This would be just another option. You could play on the live tournaments. You could play on the PGA Tour tournaments. And as long as you didn't have to be in two places at once, you're okay. You're a golfer. You're a contractor. This is your workplace. You can work wherever you work. The PGA Tour clearly disagrees with us. (laughs) At least a little bit. To say the Um, least. What sparked me reaching out to Chris on this, and why we're recording Thursday night? And again, it could be different by the time you listen to this on Friday. The PJ Tour bluntly suspended 17 current and former members as of recording this. Against 17 current and former members who are playing on the live tour, like a guy like Phil Mickelson, like Phil is 51, uh, he's not his old self. That might not be a big deal to him we keep going to Dustin Johnson Dustin Johnson's 37 years old, right? Like, like this is, this feels like it could actually be a bigger part of his career. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure there are others you enlighten us on more too, but talk us through this morning at, in the golf world, like you are when the suspensions come down.
0: Yeah. So they were uh Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA tour. He and uh, Greg Norman have having been having, <laughs> War of words for months now. Obviously, I've been keeping up with this stuff, and it's been kind of humorous. To I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, it's kind of been fun, kind of been funny to follow along with this and whatnot. But um but he's been threatening. Jay Monahan has been threatening, saying, "Look, you if you go do this, there could be punishment." Now I, I'll give a little bit of background in the PGA Tour. Uh, I mean, you, these guys are all members, quote unquote members of the PGA Tour, and so there are, as with you know, lots of things. There's bylaws, there's rules, there's a whole you know kit and caboodle of things, and so what kind of started this ball rolling was that there is a rule in their bylaws, their rule book, whatever, that says that PGA Tour members are allowed to. Apply for an exemption to play in a golf tournament outside of North America up to three times in a given PGA tour season. And guys do this all the time. D- Dustin Johnson, like we talked about, has played in played in and won the Saudi International, which is a, I think it's it was a former European PGA now called the DP World Tour event. Phil has played in the Saudi International. But guys can apply for way, apply for these exemptions up to three times in a given tour season, and more often than not, they're not they're they're accepted. They're not denied because they're, they're can come right back. You know this is be it because their sponsor, one of their main sponsors, is wants them to play, or you know who knows what um, what their reasons might be. So there is precedent in history for playing elsewhere around the world not consistently just here and there. So a number of players, as we now have come to learn 17 of their names went to the PGA tour and applied for this exemption. And Jay Monahan said, absolutely not. There's no way that I'm going to let, I'm going to grant any of you this exemption. And quite frankly, if you go, you might be subject to punishment. They've been, you know, vague up until now. And he's kind of been empty threading, which um, the, uh, It was rumored last night. I saw a rumor on, um, I don't remember what website it was. In fact, I had just, I had already published my article and didn't put that in there. And then I saw it and I was like, got to go out a sentence real quick saying that punishment is impending according to reports. And it was, it no sooner, I think they teed off today, uh, nine, nine o'clock or so Maybe Eastern Time. I don't remember which time zone they were, which time zone it was. Anyway, um, they teed off. No sooner, about within the hour of the first balls being hit over there in London, Jay Monahan put out a letter that he sent to all PGA Tour members. Two-page letter addressing this and saying that all members, all PGA Tour members who are currently participating in or are planning to participate in because there are names that we've heard. We've, we've seen the big names and we've touched on eight of them earlier, but then Bryson is rumored to have already signed on the dotted line. Patrick Reed is rumored to have already signed on the dotted line. Ricky, Ricky Fowler has been hedging, but sounds like he's kind of leaning towards doing it. So there's three other big names, at least in terms of casual golf fan knowledge. Um, but he said that those who are currently doing it and those who might do it in the future for any of these other seven remaining tournaments will be suspended. He's not said how long they're suspended. He hasn't given any details, mind you. He's just said they will be suspended and they will be suspended from all PGA Tour events or in all events sponsored by PGA Tour, i.e. Corn Ferry Tour, which is kind of the minor leagues. Um, you know, Phil's played in the in the uh, what do they call it, the PGA Champions now, which used to be the senior tour that's also excluded. He can't go back and he can't go do that. Westwood can't go do that. You know, 50 year old, you have to be 50 to play in those can't do that. Can't qualify for the president's cup, which is, you know, the, the rider cup and president's cup, they alternate every couple, you know, they're two different yeah. things, but they're basically the same thing. Ryder cup is separate, but president's cup is connected to PGA tour no longer eligible for that. Now the big caveat to all of that, which you kind of alluded to, uh, or you kind of made mention of the majors, the majors are completely independent of the PGA tour. The PGA tour controls their, you know, their events, their um, tour championship, players' championship, all that kind of stuff. The Masters is controlled by Augusta National. The PGA championship is controlled by the PGA of America, which is separate from the PGA tour. The U.S. Open is controlled by the USGA, and the Open championship is controlled by Um, rna over in the uk all of those four bodies are completely independent and can still let these guys play and as of right now they still will in fact the u.s open which is next weekend has already said anybody who's participating in the live tour that has previously qualified through you know through means that were previously that are acceptable that had they've already right they will they will be able to play in the US open. Um you know and then next month the open championship in UK is coming up and it's going to be the 150th anniversary. So I doubt that they're gonna say no Phil Mickelson, you can't come play. (laughs) You know, Augusta National told Phil that he could come play the Masters this year. He didn't wind up doing it. Um So I doubt that, and we all kind of knew that he was connected to this thing at that point. So they didn't do it then. Who's to say they're going to do it in the future? Especially given that he's a former Masters winner, Dustin Johnson's former Masters winner. They're, They're not get; they have lifetime invitations. So the majors operate independently of the tour. So you're you're still going to see these guys probably, even if they stick with Live Tour. You're still going to see them probably do it popping up at those big events. But
1: the Masters is different because well, it's different for a number of reasons, um, but it's different, I guess, because you're automatically qualified if you want it in the past, or you are, yes. you're allowed to come play. Yes. Um. So like Johnson will always be able to go play. Milkson will always be able to go play. Or, can we get to a point where if you're suspended indefinitely from the PGA, or you have trouble qualifying for the British Open, or have trouble qualifying for the U S open, or is there some other way that these guys can do that theoretically through the live tour that I'm missing?
0: Not right now. There there's not a way right now. And that's, And that's, um, you know, they, uh, there, there aren't, you know, for a lot of the smaller events throughout the course of the year, there's sponsors exemptions, there's ways to get in ways to play in tournaments. Um, but that's part of the suspension that Monaghan handed down. He said, you can't, you can't play via sponsors exemptions, which some of these guys are losing sponsors left and right, because, because of the aforementioned source of the prize pool, (laughs) but you know, these, they, um, Sponsor's exemptions can't be used for regular events. Those don't exist for the majors. So as of right now, there's not a workaround to get them into a major by competing on the live tour. They, um, you know, they,
1: they may be, they may be screwed. I'm, so it, it remains to
0: be seen, I guess. But. And that
1: would entail like an, a crazy long suspension. And we don't know how that all shakes out. And it really wouldn't impact the 2022 cycle no. It'd be the, it'd be the 23. Yeah. Cycle. We're,
0: we're looking at, we're looking at 2023. The, the, um, although he did that was part of the memo that um, PGA tour sent out was that anyone who has competed on the PGA tour up until this point that is now playing on live tour, you know, that over the course of the season, they accumulate FedEx cup points, which go towards the end of season, the, the, um, the last three or four events in the, in the year, you know, they, take the FedEx Cup money list, top 125, top 80, top whatever, and then they get down to the top 30 to finish the year in the um, tour championship. And those guys that are now in live that have previously played, obviously in events leading up to in the PGA tour, leading up to this very moment, all of their FedEx Cup points are washed away. It's as though, they're they're no longer eligible. They're because they're no longer eligible for anything. Whatever they did, FedEx cut point wise out the window. Doesn't
1: so matter. So the PGA is putting their foot down on this. Absolutely. And, I, and absolutely. I, I somewhat jokingly made it a capitalism non-capitalism thing, which you pointed out. Like enjoying this PGA tour, you are signing up for a set of rules, and that is totally within their wherewithal. This is entirely conjecture, but where would you guess? This end? does it end with those 17 guys backing out of live and like coming to some agreement to get back into the PGA? Does there become some sort of a mutual whatever? Or is it like this is just 17 golfers, none of them are named Roy or McElroy? We're gonna keep it moving. Like, how does this how does this play out as you see it?
0: Um the way I see it for right now, I these guys, I think these 17 golfers are probably going to participate in most if not all of the eight live tour tournaments for now i think they're just pun intended living on live right now um sorry for that gotta throw <laughs> in the gotta throw in the dad jokes and puns um but i you know i really don't know like i i'm not gonna lie i me personally i'm very i'm very traditional when it comes to especially when it comes to golf and a lot of things a lot of other things too and i I'm a huge fan of obviously the PGA tour and the way they do things and the players and all that stuff. But I also like healthy competition. I like, you know, I like giving players their own utility there. I mean, they, that's what Lee Westwood said leading up to this. He's like, I am an independent contractor. I need to do what's best for, to, for my living. quite frankly. Right. And so I kind of admire the, um, I admire the, the motivation to have golfers take more control over their schedules. I mean, they have some, they have control over their schedules to some extent with the PGA tour, but you know, you've got events ding near every weekend um, and not everybody plays every event and whatnot, but it just gives people a little bit more freedom to choose what they want to participate in like you know what's best for their lifestyle maybe um i i think that i'm skeptical of the long of the longevity of the live tour i'm skeptical that it's going to be around in five years i think it'll give it they'll give it a go for at least a couple of years i I think i think it'll go at least to 2024 just be. If for no other reason, then you're just injecting a ton of money. There's no, the resources will never dry up the resources financially, the resources in terms of places to play, people willing to host, none of that's ever going to dry up. I think that there will come a reckoning with some of these golfers where, and I think it might come via the majors, you know, kind of like you're saying, like if they're not given the opportunity to qualify for one of those majors that's not named the masters and they want to play the us open or they want to play the pga championship maybe compromise comes someday um between the two between the tours um i just i don't see those 17 returning for the time being especially not sergio sergio has made it very well known that he <laughs> has no desire to play on the pga tour right now after that one event here a couple of weeks ago but and a hot mic moment, but, um, <laughs> I just, I'm not sure the, I'm not sure it'll be around past five years, but uh, I think that it could be an interesting product for a few years. It could, um, one of my things about golf in general, um, kind of philosophically, not just the guys on tour, but like myself, average Joe Schmo golfers like me who, you know, when we shoot in the nineties, we feel pretty dang good about ourselves. You know, I, I follow, you know, I, I watch a lot of golf YouTube videos and there's a few guys out there who are real good, at like doing good things for the game of golf. But one of them um, that I really, really um, believe in and follow and have actually participated with um, there's a YouTube channel out there called random golf club was started by a guy named eric anders lang who was a documentary filmmaker turned amateur golfer and he's kind of made it his his movement it's a movement and you know random golf club it's not a random name they people like him want to make golf accessible to everyone because golf had there's there's always been a reputation of golf it's just kind of a for lack of a better term a waspy
1: sport you know yeah
0: yeah it, it just it has and it's, T- it's tiger
1: woods aside even even when it, yes, it was like it was tiger I'm, woods versus the waspy sport like it was still yeah that. well
0: the, the i'm sure you've seen robin williams live on broadway from 2002 he made a great joke about it it was not safe for work so i won't go into it here but he <laughs> you know he made a great joke about it and it's true it absolutely is true and you're seeing a little bit better nowadays but it's always been that way and uh, and I and many others love the sport so much that I don't want, you know, my favorite course to play in here in Houston is Sharpstown. It is a municipal course with wide flat fairways and rough that isn't much longer than the fairway like I want, you know, I, those are, I want people, I would love to see people get involved with golf that might not have ever gotten involved with golf. And so that's what Eric does with random golf club. And that's kind of, and that's why I, um, I kind of like that aspect of live golf. Um, I think it will bring golf to casuals, not even casuals, just like less than casuals, people who kind of, you know, tune into the masters and maybe that's about it. Like anything that positively grows the game of golf and puts it in front of more eyes and gets more people that want to get clubs in their hands and go to the driving range or go, you know, hell, just go play putt, putt or whatever. Like, you know, I'm, I'm about growing the game. And that's why I, you know, like I talked about you and I talked about my, two oldest daughters, my six and a half year old and five year old, like, you know, never mind that selfishly, it would be great if they get golf scholarships and pay for their college. And you know, my, my (laughs) 30 year plan would work out great then,
1: but it'd make it a lot easier for one or two did.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it would, but realistically, realistically it won't happen, but I still want them. And I want, I want men, women, young girls, young boys, um, Everybody, golf needs to be available and accessible for everyone. And that includes what we see on TV. And yeah, we're not ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us are never going to be good enough to do that. But if the product that we're watching makes, like catches our attention, then I think that opens up an avenue to newer fans of the sport. And uh, so long as intentions are true. That's not a bad thing. I, there, it's not, it's not a bad thing to grow the sport. It's not a bad thing to get more young kids, young men and women, older men and women who've never played golf, but you know, it's, golf is the ultimate social sport. Like you just, you know, you meet people, you can meet random people that you may never see again, But for four and a half hours, you're doing an activity where you are your own person, but there's, there's conversation, there's socialization, there's interaction. And, um, and in fact, alluding back to that random golf club, that's, that's the name of it. That's why he called it random golf club, because everywhere you go is a random golf club. You can make new friends at anywhere you go. Anytime you play, it's all about the socialization, the camaraderie, the, getting new people to like participate in or at least watch a sport that many of the rest of us like for have liked for many years but it just seems so inaccessible and i think that there's an aspect you know a new aspect but also just kind of a flashier aspect that's come that's coming along with this live golf that I think might gain might gain a few more fans. And and I'm seeing it in social media, Facebook groups that I'm, you know, that I I'm a part of, Twitter, uh, tweet, Twitter feeds and things like that. You know, this appeals to some some people more than it does others. Uh, I'm I kind of I don't want to say that I'm sitting the fence because that's kind of not really, that's kind of boring when you don't take a side. And I have strong opinions about you know, I'm glad that Jay Monahan did what he did. I'm glad he didn't just talk the talk; he walked the walk and put his foot down. But at the same time, if the product gains more viewers, especially with it being broadcast online exclusively, like if you can gain some more viewers and gain some more interest in the sport, that's a good thing.
1: Should be. I, I have to say, it's interesting to see golf turning this new route. You've been following it very closely. Chris, tell people where can they find you at to talk to you more about this you also have been writing about golf and people I'm sure can find your stuff there where can people reach out to you at
0: yeah uh, definitely reach out to me on Twitter which is best I'm especially during golf season and sports season I'm I'm a sportsaholic so I, I need Twitter unfortunately for better or worse but my <laughs> Twitter handle is the best place to best place to find me it's at CJ Brown 22. And, um, you know, I'll, um, I have like a hundred something followers and they're mostly friends from UT, but Hey, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk. I'm happy to interact, engage. Um, like you said, I do, have got, I put some articles up on, uh, live golf and, and golf in general up there at belly up, you know, just kind of, I'm out there happy to engage and love to talk.
1: Completely. And I'm not going to give away the reference, but because it was in your tweet of it, there's an Encanto movie reference for all of you movie buffs out there in the articles. Go check that out as well.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love, I love sneaking little things like that. I I did that in the prior article, not related to live golf. I managed to sneak in a white snake music video. So I try to, I I try to make it fun, you know, put a little personality into it every now and then.
1: (laughs) So make sure you go file again. That's Christopher is at CJ Brown 22 on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow him. Go read the article. Go keep up with him. I'm sure he'll be following this the whole way through. Again, by the time you listen to this, there'll be a whole other list of guys suspended for all we know. <laughs> um, but thank Probably. you for coming on tonight, Chris.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Parker.
2: Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is, James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A.
1: You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beers. between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis?
2: So, I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has, so maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden, but...
1: Friends, do you feel like you're all up to date on the latest, or at least the latest as one recorded, the Live Golf Tour? I think it's interesting to see what is happening in the world of golf because it is bucking against the most traditional of traditions. So shout out to Chris Brown for coming out and talking us through that entire back and forth there. Again, that's a great substitute teacher there. Chris Brown at CJ Brown22 on Twitter. Make sure you get him follow. Get that thing read. The article is linked in our description here, so make sure you should go find that and read it. It's a great, great description. And again, follow all of Chris's work at bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening, getting this far. If you want to follow me and talk to me about things that I might not need a substitute teacher to help for things like basketball, sneakers, football, whatever's going on in the state of Texas, uh, oftentimes food lately. I'm doing a lot of food takes late. Anyway, make sure you find me at Painsworth512, 512, P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 512, on Twitter and Instagram. This show is on Instagram and Twitter as well. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FNsports2. It's F-In-S-B-R-T-S number two, all one Word on both of those social media handles. You can link Tree in the bio, find all of our different sponsors, whether it's in the my bookie, whatever you want to find there, Yeti, uh, Beer Shrug, you just heard from. You can also find the link to our merch store and the links in our bio. So make sure you go through that way to link Tree and then to the merch store. The merch store has a different charitable t shirt or mug or whatever each month. This month we're selling different t-shirts crops and tank tops yeah tank tops for the flunk hate campaign on a pride month all money from that campaign will go straight to the trevor project trevor project does a great job in providing anti-suicide or suicide prevention i should say resources to lgbtq plus teens in need so make sure you go support a great cause you can also just donate to the trevor project i guess if you're so willing but make sure you go donate to a great cause support the show by buying a t-shirt sending some money their way if you like to support the show for free you can do so by liking subscribing downloading reading reviewing doing all the wonderful things that help with the podcast and whatever you do when it comes to sports don't flunk with us later guys